you are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. You need to learn to do those things. Hallelujah. And that is one of the lessons that you are going to pick up today from the aunt. He expects you to be, respons- to be a responsible child. The aunt's way of life is a good source of information, so please listen. Now, to teach us the danger of laziness in our lives, God points us to an unlikely teaching source. Go to the aunt. He tells us, a lesson which we need to learn. They should take us to the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verses 6 to 11. Proverbs 6, 6 to 11. I think it's a, it's a popular scripture. Maybe we don't read it often. But I'll read my version. All right. Then come there. Verses. Go to the ant, you sluggard. So the sluggard over here means someone who is a lazy person. Okay, the lazy. So go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. And this is Solomon, the the the, the most uh, knowledgeable and the most person who had you know divine wisdom telling us this. Which having no captain over sea or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Verse 9. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the simple word of God to us in the book of Proverbs. Now let me share some little facts about the ant before we go into the lessons. Ants are the longest living insects you can ever find on this planet Earth. Ants can live up to 30 years among the insect family up to 30 years. Not all of them do, but most species of ant can live up to 30 years. Those tiny ants you see around, that when you see them, they make your belly or your belly um, tickles and you want to get rid of them. You see them in the kitchen and say, ah, they are here again, all right? Some of them can live up to 30 years. The ant is one of the world's strongest creatures in relation to its size. That tiny creature, okay? A single ant can carry 50 times its own body weight. A single ant. And they will even work together to move bigger objects as a group. And we see them do. You see the ant working in groups, teamwork, all right? And I, and, and I heard that pastor, when pastor was leading the person, two is better than one. If we work as a team, as the body of Christ, 
we are able to move mountains. So the ant, the ant is able to move a lot of load, not because they are one of the strongest of their kind, because they work as a team. If we fail to work as a team, as a body of Christ, there's little that we can achieve. Hallelujah. And let me, there's some interesting happening in the world contest. Now, everybody is saying that there's another country that is rising, the rising of China. And it's making other countries nervous, right? They are working as a team. In the, in the Bible, when they were going to build the, the, Babel, the Tower of Babel, all right? Bible says in those days that those people were united. They had one mind. And nothing could stop them. He took the almighty God and said, that, let's go down. And God, with his uh, holy trinity, they went there and they changed their language. They gave them a new direction and they couldn't focus. The moment you work as a team and you have one mind and one focus, the devil cannot stop you. Hallelujah. So pastor is talking about we need people to volunteer. We are going into a new building. If you are not united and we don't support the, the vision bearer, there's little that he can achieve. But the more we support him, the more we carry the load together, the more we all move to the promised land. Hallelujah. So that is the ant. They work in groups. They share the weight. And they are able to achieve that common goal. Ants are social insects which live in colonies. They are social insects. They believe in helping one another. They check on each other. Hallelujah. We need to learn that lesson as, as Christians. We don't need to, the communion message that we, we heard today was so powerful. You see people dress nicely, they come to church, they are smiling. But within, you don't know what they are going through. But if you take the time to check on one another, and we encourage one another, we'll see that we have a healthy church. And everybody will be happy. When we move to our new place, the building cannot even contain us. Because when people come, they feel belonging. Hallelujah. And that is one of the strengths of the ants. Because they work, they are social creatures, they help one another. They don't leave their kind behind. So you see them moving as a team. And we need to learn that lesson. Ants don't have ears. And some of them don't even have eyes. Ants listen by feeling vibration from the ground through their feet. And those without eyes, example, the driver ant, they have you know, what we call an antenna sitting on their head, which they use for hot communication. So this is the little creature that God wants us to learn. Lesson number one, if you are writing. Number one, ant teach us how to be self-motivated. Motivation. And what is motivation? You being able to encourage yourself to be able to move from one point to the other. Because you don't need somebody to put you know, a cane on you to drive you from that point A to point B. Now listen to what the Bible says. Which having no captain over, or overseer or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Proverbs 6, 7 to 8. No one carries a whip behind the ant to ensure the work gets done. As a child, as a child of God, you don't have to allow your pastors to be screaming at you. Stop singing. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Come to church. 
before you do the right thing, you get to a point in your Christian life you need to mature. The pastors cannot do everything for us. They are also human beings. They have responsibilities. The aunt will not wait for the mom to say that, look, you need to go and look for food because this is the time. You have to store for the bad times. So they don't need anybody to carry canes on them. They just go and work. There are no hot time cars in the ant hill. They don't have shadow. Dear says, look, it is summer. We need to look for food. We need to store because a time and a season is coming. We cannot have something to do. And those times we can rely on whatever we have been able to accumulate. If you don't build yourself now, your spiritual life now, a time is coming, you will not get that luxury. Hallelujah. We are privileged even under COVID in, in Australia. We are able to meet all this while. The world is getting to a stage, if you are not prepared spiritually and you have not built your spiritual muscles, a time will come meeting as believers like this is going to be difficult. So if you have the time now, store for the evil day. Invest a lot of prayers for the evil day. Hallelujah. And that is what Jesus Christ did. When he was about to die, Bible said he went to pray in the garden. And he was praying and he was praying and he was praying. Anytime he came back to his disciples, the three, they were sleeping. He said, couldn't you tarry with me yet for an hour? But Jesus Christ was storing up prayer because he knew that what was ahead of him, if he hadn't prayed, for strength from the Father, he could give up. So he invested for the future. The ants will always gather in summer because they know that winter or the rainy season is coming whereby they cannot go out. How are you preparing for the future as a child of God? Are you being responsible for your Christian journey? Or you are thinking that the pastor of the house should always knock at your door and find out whether you've read your Bible. He cannot always do that. Hallelujah. No aunt's mother nagged their babies to get out of the bed. They are giving us the word of God on Sundays, doing connect groups. On Wednesdays, hallelujah, they are encouraging us to join prayer meetings, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Friday face-to-face, -face, Sunday morning. But every day of your life, whatever you do in private or in public, they are not there. And they are expecting that all those coaching and mentoring they are giving you, you will be storing for the, for the evil day. What is an evil day? An evil day is not a day that we expect that earthquake will happen and the earth will open for you to be swallowed. An evil day could be when you are faced with you know, depression and you are alone and nobody is around you. And because you have built yourself in the word of God, the word of God will burst in your spirit and you begin to hear the word of God speak to you and say that, my son, I'm with you. That is an evil day. Hallelujah. An evil, evil day can be in your workplace. You have this, this boss who is giving you a whole hell of time and you don't know what to do, but the word of God will jump into your spirit because you've stored in summer, that word will come alive and you'll be able to overcome that person. Hallelujah. An evil day can be in your community. Everything is against you. 
the Bible said when David went to battle and he came back and, you know, the enemy has come to ransack his city, taking the women away, and everybody was crying. And Bible said all of a sudden the Spirit of God spoke to David and Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. And he inquired of the Lord and he said, should I pursue my enemy? And God said, go, I'll give them to you. So if David had not stored the word of God, there was no way an inspiration would have dropped into his spirit. Hallelujah. The aunt is teaching us how to be self-motivated. If you don't learn to encourage yourself in difficult times, never think you always have your pastor doing that for you or the leaders of the church. Hallelujah. Because they also have their own challenges. Amen. Look at the, the great, one of the great prophets in the Bible, Moses. When he was leading the people of Israel to the promised land, he was a great leader, but he had his challenges. There were times that he became frustrated. But this was a man who was speaking to God direct. He goes to the mountains and he could hear the word of God. He is the only person in history that God wrote on the tablet and gave it to him. Hallelujah. He was the only person who saw the backside of God. Even with that great man of God, he struggled at times. That should tell you he is human. All pastors are human. So we need to be mindful of that. So ants are self-motivated and need no captain to ensure they get their work done. Why? Their work is for their own good. As Christians, maturity means we no longer need someone standing behind us. Bible in, in their hand to be given to us to ensure we get the work done. That is maturity. You must get to a point that you are able to pray on your own. You are able to read the Bible. It is when it is beyond you that you go to your pastors. Hallelujah. I have told you that God, the God that we serve, he is supreme. He sees everything. But it is not everything that he does. He has created you know, other beings to do those things on his behalf. Hallelujah. When it is beyond them, they go to the Almighty. But in most cases, the, the problems that we encounter, God has the solutions around us. Hallelujah. If I cannot solve something and I go to Pastor Paul, he will have that ability to solve that problem. Or I go to Brother David or Pastor T, all right, because God is a God of diversity. And he has put every resources we need just close by. Hallelujah. But you need to take that extra mile. And God is going to open that door for you. The second lesson we need to learn from the ant. And even before I quote that, let me mention this scripture. John chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. Now, if you read John 5, 15 to 17, Bible said that there was um, a man who was sick. And normally, he will stay behind the pool called Bethsaida. And Bible said at a point, an angel will come and stir the waters. Anytime he made an attempt, somebody will go ahead of him. So this occasion, Jesus Christ came around and said, do you want to be healed? And he said, yes, but I don't have anybody. And he said, look, take up your bed and walk. And at that moment, he became free. And Bible said that the Jews saw him and he said, that, why should you be Sabbath and you have, you know, taking your, your load and you are moving around. And I said, look, I was there and a the man said that I should take up my bed and walk. Now, Bible said that Jesus met this man 
And he got to know that it was Jesus, and he told the Jews, and they came at Jesus. And you know, when Jesus was approached, he said, that, look, my father is working, so I must work. Hallelujah. He sees his father working, so he has to work. Jesus is not a lazy God whom we are serving. He sees the universal working, and he is working. So if you are a Christian, and the God we serve is always working, and he's not lazy, why should you be lazy in doing what you are supposed to do? Hallelujah. He said, my father is always working, so I must work. He didn't care whether it was Sabbath or not. When the right thing needs to be done, you have to do it. Hallelujah. If the right thing needs to be done, it doesn't mind the moment. People will criticize you. So long as you are doing it to glorify God, you need to do it. Amen. Because if Christ decided that I will stay in the heavens and not descend to come and save mankind, maybe by now we will not have this opportunity. How many bulls or cows could we have bought to make yearly sacrifices? Because in those days, that was what they were doing. They have to sacrifice animals. What, will, what if you don't have the money to sacrifice? It means for you, you don't have any atonement of sin. But the work of Christ, because he saw his father, he knew the father's plan, and he said, that, look, I want to run with that plan. He came to die. Amen. Second lesson. Aunt teach us to look ahead. Aunt teach us to look ahead. Provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Proverbs 6, 8. In summer and in the harvest, food is plentiful. Yet the ant refuses to take her ease, instead working harder, storing up against the coming time of scarcity. A time comes in our life, there's abundance. And that is the moment that you need to prepare. If you are a young person growing up, and your parents are investing into your education, you need to take it very serious. That is the time of abundance. They are giving you that resources to be able to equip yourself for the future. If you don't take that moment, and you get to a point in life, and that responsibility that they are giving you is taken off, and there's scarcity, you will struggle. Because whether you like it or not, you have to be independent. You have to pay the bills. For you to be able to afford a mortgage, you have to work hard. Hallelujah. If you have a mortgage and you should be able to pay the bills, it means in the time of abundance, you need to store. You need to plan ahead. If you fail to plan ahead today, you live to regret tomorrow. Hallelujah. So the ants have that at the back of their thinking faculty. So when it is summer, whereby everybody is fooling around, they are working as a team and they are storing. And on TV, those of us who have kids, and we watch this on ABC about the ant and the grasshopper. That grasshopper was, you know, playing music and dancing whilst this ant were just carrying food. And they came to him. Look, danger is coming. Don't you know that a time will come you will not even have the season to jump around? He said, no, come on. There will always be sunshine. There will always be abundance. And the winter came, and the sun was taking. The ants were in their clothes, they were enjoying. And look at this grasshopper. He has to go begging. 
if you don't want to be a beggar, if you don't want to be a burden on society, if you don't want to be a burden on the church, begin to work a little bit harder. Begin to plan ahead. Because a time is coming if you don't store for the future. Because it's logic. If Brother David has worked hard and has planned 5, 10, 15, 20 years ahead of him, and he is reaping the benefit, and I sat down and I didn't do anything, why do I have to envy him? Why do I have to go to God and say, that? look at how you have blessed Brother David, but I'm doing everything right. He gave me the same opportunity. He gave me the same wisdom, the same spirit within Brother David as a child of the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit is within me. But he took his time and he planned in a time of abundance and he is now able to face the time of scarcity. So watch this. God doesn't reward laziness. God will always reward those who are ready to sacrifice and go the extra mile. Hallelujah. So if you are a lazy person, never expect God to reward you. Otherwise, God is not being a fair God. That's why he said that there is injustice in God. With, in him, there is no favoritism. Hallelujah. And the aunt, you know, tells us that we need to look ahead. A time is coming. You will not get all the luxury. A time is coming. You will not get the strength to do certain things. So if you have the strength now, invest it into your future. Hallelujah. If you want to get to, um, maybe you want a promotion at your workplace and you are not doing the right thing, how do you get promoted? Because the promotion you want, other people are also interested in it. So when the time comes, they are going to weigh your preparation against the other person's preparation. And if you are prepared for it, they will give it to you. If you are not prepared, you don't get it. And you keep on nagging. That, oh, these people, they don't like me. But what did you store up for the future? The ants are not very strong creatures, yet they prepare their food in the summer. As a Christian, one of our great failings is only looking at few feet in front of us not preparing for the future or considering the consequences of our action or inaction. What you are today is because of what you did yesterday. The decisions you took yesterday is the impact you are seeing today. If you don't like how your today is looking, begin to prepare and plan for a better tomorrow. Hallelujah. If you have to go back to school, and go and do a one-year program to make your life better in the next five years. Begin to do it now. If you have to go back to school and learn for three years, and you think that when you are going through the preparation, you think that it is so difficult. When David was being prepared to take the kingship in, in Israel, it wasn't a funny moment for, for him. He has to fight the lion, the bear, in the wilderness. He has to be a shepherd boy. But when God was looking for somebody to replace Saul, God didn't look at anybody. He looked at the person who has prepared himself for the job. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, if you look in the Bible, in the New Testament, somebody like Paul, hallelujah, he wasn't part of the 12 core disciples, but Paul had a lot of preparation. 
Amen. So when God arrested him on the way of Damascus and he became an apostle, he did more than the 12 disciples. He wrote most of the books. Preparation. Hallelujah. God will do more with you if you are better prepared. Hallelujah. Now, Peter, who was the rock, it got to a time, Peter was having a, a kind of questionable life. And Paul met him. That you cannot pretend to be like this when you are with this group of people and that with that group of people. Because he, he, he was prepared. All right? So when God, you know, hijacked him, God was able to use him to do more. Let's begin to plan for the future. If you, if you refuse to plan for the future, you live to regret. And don't blame God. Hallelujah. Some of us will go to heaven, I'm telling you, and God will begin to open up certain things to show you that, look, all these were meant for you. You should have meant to enjoy them on earth before coming to me. But because you didn't go the extra mile, I couldn't help it. I have to still keep it in my storehouse. Don't be that servant of God. Hallelujah. Don't be that servant of God. Now, there's also another story in the Bible about the talents. They said that there was a master who was traveling, and he gave talent to his servant. One of them, they all had the equal opportunities, all right? They could multiply it. One of them decided not to do anything with the talent, with the money. The others decided to do, and they were able to multiply. Hallelujah. And Bible said that when the time came, those who were able to better prepare, they were giving more. So the word will give you, God will give you more opportunities when you set yourself to work hard. And Bible said that the person who refused to work, what he had, it was taken and given to those who did more. That is how God is. Most of the things that happen on earth, and I always tell you, whatever happens on earth is a reflection of what happens in the realms of the spirit. So if you see how the world system is moving, it, it's, it is mimicking something. It is a shadow of something that is out there. Hallelujah. So that is why in future, when we are transported into glory, whatever, I don't want to go into revelation and everything, the Bible said that we'll be ruled with Christ. What are you going to rule? The universe, so many things. Those who have prepared, those who earn crowns, those who have worked hard here, will be given the opportunity to serve in greater capacities. You, if, you're, if your interest is just going to heaven, that is sweet. That's fine. But I want to go to heaven, and I want God to give me the opportunity to serve more. Hallelujah. And that, that will happen if I do more for Christ over here. Hallelujah. So you see Pastor Paul and Pastor Tanya? Oh, my God. When we get to heaven, you watch them out. If they are doing more and they are overseeing greater stuff, don't envy them because they worked hard. Hallelujah. The last story that I want us, the last lesson that I want us to consider from the aunt, aunt teaches the value of hard work. The value of hard work. As they provide and gather, Solomon told this other man, whom we learn about the sluggard, how long will you slumber, O sluggard, a lazy person? When will you rise from your sleep? He shows us the end of the man, and we saw what happened to that man. Poverty just came onto that person. 
because he decided not to think. He decided not to use those abilities that God has given him. Laziness will lead to poverty with precious few exceptions. It's not always that laziness can lead to poverty. But in most cases, if you are lazy, certain opportunities don't come your way. But they are no poor ants. Their hard work sustains them. Christians need a willingness to work hard to earn their wages and to even work harder to please their Lord. Now, let me make this scenario example. We all give to the things of God. I believe we all give. That is why Life City Church is you know, prevailing. But imagine you give an offer tree of $1 every week or every month. And you work hard in your work. And you have more income. Don't you think you are going to increase your one giving, giving your dollar to like 2 or $5? What are you doing? You are expanding the work of God by working hard. Because you have enough to give God more. And the pastors are able to use it to reach out to more souls. But if you are lazy and you expect the government or the church always to come to your aid, you are taking from the church. What are you giving to the church? What are you giving back to society? The ants don't do that. The value of hard work. Hallelujah. Now, if you read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, as I conclude, but remember the Lord your God, for he is who he gives you the ability to produce wealth. God has given everybody seated here the ability to make wealth equally. The circumstances might be different, but the moment you begin to tell yourself that, look, I'm going to utilize these opportunities God has given me, God is going to bless you. We are so blessed in a country like Australia. Go to other parts of the world. At least some of us, we are coming from third world countries, so we know the struggles over there. Some are not able to afford three square meals. Some are going through so pain. They don't have fresh air to breathe. But we have everything at our disposal. Some, some people in other countries, they don't have free education. Here, you can school for free up to secondary school. And they give you opportunity to do vocations. Why then do you have to be a poor Christian? It is an error to be a poor Christian. Let's learn from the ant. In conclusion, from Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13, it talks about the parable of the ten virgins. And Bible said that these ten virgins were going to meet the bridegroom. And the account said that five were wise, five were foolish. Why did the, the Bible say that five were wise? Because they, they, they were prepared. Bible said that they took an extra oil. So when the journey became tough and they were almost reaching their destination, the foolish one came and said, that, look, we are running out of oil. Then did you know what the wise said? That Go into the cities and find yourself an oil. They made preparation. The, the five wise make extra preparation. So they were able to go the extra mile. If you fail to prepare, you will come to the source whereby you think to be helped. And that help will not come because you fail to take advantage of opportunities. Now, the key lesson is preparation. If you fail to prepare for a better future today, you will live to regret your actions tomorrow. Whatever decisions you make today has consequences, whether good or bad. Learn from the ant 
And I believe with God on your side, success will be yours. Hallelujah. That is the word of God for us today. Amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.